Well, good morning. I greet each one of you in Jesus' name. It's, I count it a, a privilege to be with you all this morning. Um, it's been a long time since I've been here on a Sunday morning service. Uh, I'm not sure how long it has been, but possibly. Well, it was probably before we moved away, uh, so it's uh, definitely over five years ago. So it's probably a shame on my part that I have not come sooner. Uh, very good to see very familiar faces, some that I have known for many years, and also some new faces that I have not met yet. And also good to see you, Brother Tim. Uh, welcome back from Tanzania. So it is truly a blessing to be here. I was encouraged with the words we heard this morning, just drawing our attention to our great God, and it helps us to find our place before him when we realize his greatness. So I appreciate those words. For a message this morning, you could turn with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 35, Lessons from Jonadab. I'd like to just look at Jonadab a little bit here this morning and uh, encourage our hearts. I don't believe I have any anything uh, uh, earth-shattering news this morning here to give you, but just some reminders and to encourage us all in the work of the Lord. Uh, especially with our in light of our families. So Jeremiah, verse 35. I think I'll take the time to read the whole chapter. Uh, chapter 35, I'm sorry. Re- re- read the whole chapter. The word of the Lord which came unto Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of jo- Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Go into the house of the Rechabites and speak unto them and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers, and give them wine to drink. Then I took Jehazaniah, the son of Jeremiah, the son of Habazaniah, and his brethren, and all his sons, and the whole house of the Rechabites. And I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanan, the sons of Ignaniah, a man of God, which was by the chamber of the princes, which was above the chamber of Masoniah, the son of Shalom, the keeper of the door. And I set before the sons of the house of the Rechabites pots full of wine and cups. And I said unto them, Drink ye wine. But they said, We will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father commanded us, saying, Ye shall drink no wine, Neither ye nor your sons forever. Neither shall ye build houses, nor sow seed, nor plant vineyard, nor have any. But all your days ye shall dwell in tents, that ye may live many days in the land where ye be strangers. Thus have we obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he had charged us, to drink no wine all our days. We, our wives, our sons, nor our daughters, 
nor to build houses for us to dwell in, neither have we vineyard, nor field, nor seed. But we have dwelt in tents, and have obeyed, and done according to all that Jonadab our father commanded us. But it came to pass, when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up into the land, that we said, Come, and let us go to Jerusalem for fear of the army of the Chaldeans, and for fear of the army of the Syrians, so we dwell at Jerusalem. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Go and tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will ye not receive instruction to hearken to my words, saith the Lord? The words of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, that he commanded his sons not to drink wine, are performed, for unto this day they drink none, but obey their father's commandment. Notwithstanding, I have spoken unto you, rising early and speaking, but ye hearken not unto me. I have sent also unto you all my servants, the prophets, rising up early and sending them, saying, Return ye now, every man from his evil way, and amend your doings, and go not after the gods to serve, <clears throat> and go not after other gods to serve them, and ye shall dwell in the land which I have given to you and to your fathers, but ye have not inclined your ear, nor hearken unto me. Because the son of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, have performed the commandments of their father, which ye have which he had commanded them, but this people hath not hearkened unto me. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring upon Judah and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem all the evil that I have pronounced against them, because I have spoken unto them, but they have not heard, and I have called unto them, but they have not answered. And Jeremiah said unto the house of the Rechabites, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because ye have obeyed the commandment of Jonadab your father, and kept all the precepts, and done according to all that he had commanded you. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab the son of Rechab shall not want a man to stand before me forever. As I read over this account, it, I'm always... Uh, amazed about this uh, family here, the Rechabites, and how they were able to uh, to have this testimony the way they did here. And here they had such a great testimony that God was able to lift this family up before the eyes of of uh, the children of Judah here, and 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 use this family as a way to bring. Uh, conviction to bring uh, soberness, to bring reality to the hearts of the children of Judah. Because God's saying, you know, th this family, the, the Rechabites, they have obeyed their father in every detail, but you continually disobey me. And so he was able to lift this family up. And so I was, when I think about this, I'm, I think about, you know, what... What did Jonadab do? What did Jonadab do? And and so here, as we we read over this, we see that that uh, um, 
Jeremiah, God told Jeremiah to bring the, the, the Rechabites uh, into the temple. And, and bring them into one of the side chambers there, into a private room. And, and, uh, he probably had a feast for them there. And, and he set pots full of wine there. And, and he, uh, he told them to drink the wine. And, and, uh, but as we read there, we see that they refused to drink it. They main, they remained true to what their father had commanded them. And I, like I said, I had always had to wonder who who was this Jonadab? What was he? What? How did Jonadab? How was he able to to pass his convictions on? To pass his, and we're going to see later his lifestyle on for generation after generation after generation. The Bible says very little about Jonadab, but back in Second Kings. Second Kings, chapter ten, verse fifteen. Second Kings, chapter ten, is the account where Jehu was cleansing Israel of of Ahab's descendants. He just uh, beheaded seventy of Ahab's children, and he meets another group of forty men, and he he slays them. And in verse 15, it says, And when he, Jehu, was departed thence, he lighted on Jehonadad. Now, it says it's a little bit different spelling here, but it says the son of Rechab. And uh, most Bible scholars feel that this is most likely the same Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, the same man. So Jehu meets him, coming to meet him. And he salutes him and said to him, Is thine heart right as my heart is with thine heart? And Jehonadab answered, It is. If it be, give me thine hand. And he gave him his hand, and he took him up into his chariot. And Jehu says, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So they made him ride in his chariot. And if we read on down, down in verse 23 and 24 and 25, um, Jehonadab Jehonadab was actually helping Jehu uh, kill the Baal worshippers, to destroy the Baal worshippers here in this this portion of Scripture. So, as far as I know, that's the only reference, the only two references that refer to Jehonadab. And what I would like to notice here is that My, in my Bible, the time uh, reference in here in Second Kings is 884 B.C. And in Jeremiah 35, we are at 607 B.C. And that equals to 277 years from the time of Jonadab to his descendants here in Jeremiah. Plus, uh, minus, uh, plus or minus probably a couple years, depending on when he would have gave these commandments to his, to his uh, children. How did Jonadab pass his convictions on and his lifestyle? 
for 277 years. I found that amazing. That they were so faithful that God was able to use them as an example uh, to the children of Judah there. Evidently, Jonadab must have been a man of God because he was very faithful there back in the time of Jehu and helped him. He must have had a, a, a passion for God as well to worship the only true God. But I would like to look here in back into Jeremiah uh, 35 and would like to just draw a few points this morning that just to help remind us of of some of the things that maybe Jonadab did that that we can also do in our lives and in our families' lives to to uh, help us to be able to pass that on our vision on to and our our lifestyle and our convictions and our Christianity for generations and generations to come. The first thing I'd like to notice is in verse 7. Well, actually, let me read in, uh, start reading in verse 6. It says, they, uh, But they said, We will drink no wine, for Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, Ye shall drink no wine, neither ye nor your sons forever. Neither shall ye build houses, nor sow seed, nor plant vineyard, nor have any. But all your days ye shall dwell in tents, that ye may live many days in the land where ye be strangers. That ye may live many days in the land where ye be strangers. I believe Jonadab had a vision. He had a vision for his family that they would be able to prosper for many, many generations, many days, in the land that they were strangers. <clears throat> in First Chronicles uh, 2, verse 55, um, thinking a little bit about the Rechabites here and, and where they come from, uh, in uh, First Chronicles, uh, chapter 2 there, it says that the house of Rechab was kin to the Kenites. And in Judges 1.16, it says the Kenites were the children of Moses' father-in-law, Jethro. And they dwelt among the people of Israel. And so evidently, <clears throat> the Rechabites come through the Kenites, and the Kenites were from Jethro. And because of Moses' relationship with Jethro there, they started dwelling among the children of Israel. They were not Israel originally, uh, part of the children of Israel. But they dwelt among the people. They were strangers. We know that Moses' father-in-law Jethro was a sheep herder. He was, they were a nomadic people. And for some reason, and this is hundreds of years later now from the time of Jethro to the time of Jonadab, but hundreds of years later, for some reason, Jonadab saw there, uh, saw that it would be good if, and he had a vision that his family would 
remain this nomadic people. And that's why he gave him these commandments here. He had a vision that his family would not just assimilate into the rest of the culture around them. Not necessarily that the culture of Israel and and the children of Israel was a bad culture, but for some reason, and we're not told why, he had a vision that they would remain this nomadic people. That would remain strangers in the land. That ye may live many days in the land where ye be strangers. Jonadad had a vision that his family would not just just assimilate into the culture and blend in. But he wanted them to be a distinct people. Set apart and remain nomadic. So Jonadad had a vision for his family. He had a long range view. He saw many years down the road. He wanted his family to remain nomads. The question we have this morning is, do we have a vision? Do we have a clear vision? Jonadad had a clear vision many years down the road that he wanted his family, what, how he wanted his family to still uh, look like, to practice, to live, the lifestyle to live. He had a clear vision. Do we have a clear vision? Do we have a clear vision as to what we want our posterity to be? Do we have a vision for them? uh, Not just to be a separate people for a separate sake, for being separate, but being separated unto God. And I believe that if that if we are separated unto God, we will be a separate people in the society that we live. Do we have that vision? Do we have a clear vision of that? Do we know how we would like it to look years down the road? I'm amazed that at sometimes that the, the attitude that I sense coming from some, some fathers and some families that they almost have the attitude that... Um, we really don't know what it should look like years down the road. And, and we really don't care as long as everything looks good today. Um, they, don't, they don't have a vision. Do we have a vision of our posterity to be strangers and pilgrims in this land that we live in? Like Jonadad did. He said that they may live many days in the land where they be strangers. He had a vision. I'm afraid... We, and I'm going to include myself because what I'm saying here this morning, I'm saying to myself, and I'm, I stand in need of this myself, and so I'm, 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 these are the meditations of my own heart for my life, and I'm just allowing you to, to hear them this morning. Um, I'm afraid that many times I don't have a long view vision, a long term vision. We get so concerned about the here and now. And, and we become content with the way things are now. And we're happy as long as things look right now and look good now. And, and, and our posterity looks well now. And, and we're doing well in the Lord. And we're, we're, we're living a good Christian life. And we get content with that. But we, we fail to look much past that. 
Jonadad had a long-range view. Like I said, I'm amazed at, at uh, some of the attitudes that I, I pick up sometimes, and, and I, 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 I think of King Hezekiah in, in uh, 2 Kings chapter 20. We're not going to turn there, but in 2 Kings chapter 20, it's, it's where Hezekiah was healed of his sickness. The sundial went backwards, and, and there was a, a great miracle happened there. And, and, and then uh, strangers from a far country came, and, and he just brought them into his house and opened his whole house up and showed them all his treasures. And, and the Lord was not pleased with that. And and pronounced judgment upon him for that. And his response was, I think is, when we read his response there, I think it's, it's, it's amazing. Maybe I should quick turn to that. Um, 2 Kings 20. Second Kings 20, verse 19. This is his response. Then Hezekiah said, after, after he was, uh, the judgment was pronounced upon him, the judgment was is that, uh, verse 18 or 17, Behold, the days come that all this is in thine house, and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons... That shall, shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. He's saying that your, your sons, because of what you did, your, the sons that come from you, your posterity is going to be carried away to Babylon. They're going to be made eunuchs to serve the king of Babylon. And he says, then says Hezekiah unto Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. And he said, Is it not good if peace and truth be in my days? I find that amazing. He wasn't really concerned about the future. He was just content and happy as long as he was not going to see it happen in his day. As long as everything was good, happy, Peaceful, his family was doing well. In his days, he was content. Not Jonadad. He had a long goal. He had a long vision in mind. Hezekiah was very nearsighted. Here and now, as long as everything was good, he was happy and content. Do we have a vision? Do we have a vision for our posterity? That's the question I have for us this morning. Without a vision, the people perish. The spiritual impact of our decisions will far outlast our own lifespan. They will go for generations and generations and generations. Here in the case of Jonadab, from the time of Jonadab till Jeremiah 35 here was 277 years. So the first point was, is Jonadad had a vision. Do we have a vision? Do we have a clear vision of what we want our family to be years down the road? Or doesn't it matter? 
Number two, Jonadab, he had that clear vision and he gave clear direction and clear instructions to help that vision be realized. He had that vision of wanting his family to remain nomadic. Why? I don't know. Other than he just didn't want them to assimilate into the rest of society. He wanted them to remain nomadic. He had that clear vision. And he gave clear instructions for them to realize that vision. You know, if we have a vision, if we want that vision to be realized someday, we're going to have to put some things in place to help it, to, uh, to help that vision be realized. Jonadab did. He said, he said, if you want to remain nomadic, he says, I want you to remain nomadic. And for that to happen, you're going to have to do these things. Drink no wine. Not to build houses. Not to sow seed. Not to plant vineyards. And live in tents. He says, if you're going to remain nomadic, this is what you're going to have to do. Jonadab saw that if his people were going to keep what he wanted, there were some things that were going to have to be done. There was things that were going to be, have to be t- uh, contended for. Are we as families, are we as fathers this morning giving clear direction to our family to help our vision be realized? Without clear direction... There's usually not a clear outcome. You know how it is when, when we want to go somewhere. Now, it's different with the days of GPS now, but in the older days when we didn't have GPS, if we didn't have clear directions, it usually was not a very clear outcome. Clear directions means clear outcome. Not always, because there can be very clear direction and people not follow them well. But generally speaking, when you assemble a a piece of uh, furniture or something that you bought at a a box store and you bring it home and you want to put it together, the clearer the directions, the clearer the outcome. It's It's just the way it is. And Jonadab realized that and he gave very clear direction to his children. If we want our posterity to remain faithful, we also will have to give clear direction. There are things that we will have to be very clear on and teach our children. There will be things we will have to contend for. Just like they did. And this morning, I'm not just talking about lifestyle. But if we're going to be a people of God... And be what he wants us to be. I believe it will affect our lifestyle as well. And one of the things that, you know, just to, I'm not going to have, I don't have a list of things here that we need to contend for. And, and a list of things that we need to uh, make very clear and teach and direct our, 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 our families in. But uh, one thing that quickly came to my mind here is, is we need to be very clear on, on the, the, the doctrine of salvation by faith. And, and, and then going on and living a life of, of love and being devoted totally to Jesus Christ. 
And you say, well, that's really simple. That's what we do all the time. We're, we're trying to do that. But you know, in the day and age we live in, that also needs to be defined. What does that mean? What does that look like? You know, there are many people that say they, they have been born again by faith. And they're loving the Lord Jesus with all their heart. But what does that look like? We need to be clear on these things. What does that really look like today for someone to be following the Lordship of Jesus Christ? We need to be teaching them the all things of Scripture. Many years ago, it was even before I was married, so that probably goes back 25, 26 years ago, I was sitting in the living room with some other brethren. I was just a young man, and there were some families there, and they were talking. And they were talking about raising a godly generation. And, and, um, and one of, I forget how it all happened, but someone was, was sharing the fact that we need, to be, we need to teach, and we need to be very clear. We need to teach uh, some very practical things on how it actually looks like to follow Jesus, because in the day we live in, it's very confused. And the one brother was kind of baffled, and he said, well, he just thought that if, he raises his children to love the Lord Jesus with all their hearts. Uh, the rest will fall in place. That's a good thought. But this morning, that man did just that. That brother did just that. And today, his children are assimilated into the rest of society. He did not give clear teaching at what it actually means to follow Jesus Christ. John Adab gave very clear teaching. He had a vision of an out, what he wanted his family to be many years down the road, and he gave clear instructions at how they will get there. It's our responsibilities as fathers. In Ephesians 6, very familiar verses in Ephesians 6. Should be able to quote them by memory. I'll turn to them so I get them right. It's our responsibility as fathers. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up into nurture and the admonition of the Lord. It's our responsibility as fathers. God places that responsibility on us to nurture and bring up our children and admonish them. It speaks of nurturing. It speaks of being very uh, uh, just a... Coming along and nurturing and helping and teaching, training with much love and grace and care as we nurture them. But then admonition is a stronger form, you know, giving warning, uh, giving command, giving direction that this is what needs to happen. It's our responsibility. God places that on us as fathers. It says we are not to provoke them to wrath. And you know, 
I'm, I'm becoming more and more aware of one of the ways that we can provoke our children to wrath. And that is this subject right here of not giving clear direction. We say, well, when we give clear direction, that's when they really start balking and, and, and they get upset and frustrated. No, it usually is the other way around. Maybe we're not aware of it, but many times when we as fathers do not take our rightful place and give clear direction, it frustrates the family. And that leads to anger. I have noticed in my own life that many times I I just never give clear direction in a given area. And I can sense that the children, the family, my wife is wanting me to make a decision. And they really don't care what decision it is, whether it's a yes or a no. They just want some direction. And I fail to give it. And it starts frustrating them because they don't know what to do. Should we? Shouldn't we? And so finally, what do they do? They make their own decision. And then when they make their own decision, all of a sudden dad realizes, oh, that's not really the decision I would have made. And so then I try to step in and try to remake the decision. And it just brings more frustration. One way we can provoke our children to anger is by not giving clear direction. Are we giving clear direction as fathers? It's my desire. So I just have those two points. I have another point here, uh, but it's kind of changing it a little bit. These two points here were directed more to us as fathers. Do we have a clear vision for our family? And are we giving clear direction for that vision to be realized? The third point here, I'm going to direct it more to the children. To the children. And to the youth. And even to the young marrieds. Verse 10, back in Jeremiah, back in Jeremiah 35, I think it's something that's very important. We are talking about this morning about passing on something uh, for generations to generations to generations. And yes, fathers have a great responsibility for that. But verse 10 here, it says, this is their response, the children's response. But we have dwelt in tents and have obeyed and done according to all that Jonadab, our father, commanded us. You know, a father can have a clear vision and he can have, give clear direction. Yes, maybe not in perfection. None of us can do it in perfection. But there, there's many fathers here this morning. And I have confidence that you fathers have had a vision and are giving clear direction. 
And I praise God for that. But there also comes a time for this uh, to be able to work, to pass on our, uh, uh, the, the things that we want to pass on from generation to generation. There comes a time where a father can only take his children so far. And it becomes the children's responsibility to embrace it. The, the Rechabites here, they embraced what Jonadab, their father, taught them. If they wouldn't have, they would have never carried it out. But they embraced it. They said, this is what dad wants us to do. This is what we're going to do. And they embraced it. And so, children, young people, and even young marrieds, as you reflect back on what dad and mother tried to teach you, and what you know their heart was for you, and their direction for you in the future, and for your children and your grandchildren, if you're going to get there, you're going to have to embrace what your father taught you. And embrace his vision. And embrace his direction. The father can only do so much. Eventually, each child, the responsibility falls at their feet. The Rechabites embraced what their father taught them. This is what they did. They did all that he commanded. We were just in Ephesians 6. It sounds exactly what, if, like what Ephesians 6 in verse 1, 2, and 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment, with promise that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. The same thing that the Rechabite, that Jonadab wanted for his children, that they would live many days in the land that there are strangers in. That ye may live, that ye may be, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. There's a blessing for you, children, youth, young families. There is a tremendous blessing if you would just embrace what your parents taught you. And carry the same vision, the same burden, the same direction. There's only a blessing in that. Only a blessing. And so I encourage you in that. The responsibility lies at your feet as well. I also see in verse 11... They were, Jonadab told them that they were not to build houses, but they were to live in tents and be this nomadic people. But in verse 11 here it says, But it came to pass, when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up unto the land that we said, Come and let us go into Jerusalem for fear of the army of the Chaldeans and for fear of the army of the Syrians. So we dwell at Jerusalem. Currently, they were not a nomadic people. They were living in Jerusalem. 
But it was because there was war. Out in the countryside, the Syrians were there and the Chaldeans were there and there there was fighting and it wasn't safe for them to be roaming around in their nomadic lifestyle. So they consulted with each other and they said, for this occasion, for the situation that we find ourselves in now, for our safety of our little ones, we're going to move to Jerusalem. And that's what they did. And so this morning, when I say to you young people and to you children to to embrace what your parents teach you, I'm not saying that there's never a time to deviate from that. That's not what I'm saying. But do it for the safety of your children, for the spiritual safety of your children. Do it with the same vision, the same goal. That your father had. If you're going to deviate from what he did. Do it with the same vision that he had. And if you do it in that light. It most likely will continue in the same direction. And the same vision will be realized. And so this morning. I'm not saying that you can never deviate from from what your parents had taught you. But be very, very careful. I don't think these Rechabites took this decision lightly when they picked up and moved into Jerusalem. And I have, I don't know for sure, but I would imagine that as soon as the war was over, they probably went back to their nomadic lifestyle. And so there is a time that we can do things different than what our fathers had. But let's be very very careful that we're doing it for the safety of our children. And so that the same vision can be realized. That you could live long in the land. Many days in the land where ye be stranger. So these are just a few words of encouragement to all of us this morning. Like I said, it's I'm speaking to myself. I need this as a reminder in my own life. Do I have a vision of what I want my posterity to be? In this case, it was 277 years. What's our vision? Are we just very nearsighted? Are we giving clear direction? And children, are you picking up that vision? Are you embracing it? That's the only way it's going to come to fruition if you embrace it as well. May God bless.